Welcome to another episode of the Washington State Retirement Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Meikle. I'm here to guide you guys through your complicated state retirement benefits so you can become more educated on them and make better decisions. So hopefully it will empower you guys to retire earlier, pay less in taxes, and enjoy more free time with your loved ones. So today's episode is going to be all about what type of investment options do I have as a Washington State employee? So I'm going to tackle what you have as an employer-sponsored benefit, so things like 403B, 487, things that you can get as an employee. And then I'm going to talk about private options, things like IRAs. And I'll even go into a little bit about life insurance. Now, don't worry, I'm not here to sell you guys life insurance, but it is a powerful tool that I personally use myself. So I just want to give you guys kind of a high-low overview of how it could be thought of as a potential alternative for a time-saving strategy. Now, before we keep going, I wanted to just share a quick story with everybody. Yes. So past year, I've been working with an administrator at a school district and helping her get the transition to retirement. So through working with us, she's going to retire about four years earlier than the state said she could have, or actually five years. So anyways, going through the process, she actually retired this past school year. We come to find out that we wanted to have her unused sick leave moved into the VIVA. Now, VIVA is essentially like a health savings account. It's the Voluntary Employees Benefit Administration. It essentially put a new sick leave in there and the money that goes in there is not taxed and it comes out tax-free as long as you use it for medical. So it's a really big tax advantage account to use. And I've been doing retirement planning for teachers for nine, going on almost 10 years now. And I always thought that it was common practice that every school district in the state offer VIVA. Turns to find out that this particular school district did not, or at least their bargaining agreements didn't renew and they slightly declined her option to do that. But instead of notifying her ahead of time, they just sent her a check for the remaining amount after they took out taxes. So they took about $4,000 out in taxes alone, no warning. Now, because she's this person is an administrator, she's already in a high income area. Now her sick leave just got cashed out. He's going to get added on on top of her income for the year. So it's going to throw off a lot of the planning that we already did. So what I'm currently working with so, so currently I'm trying to get this issue resolved. So my message for you guys as an action item is when you go to retire, talk to your school district and make sure that they do offer a VIPA benefit. Because if they don't, you want to know that ahead of time so you can plan strategically for it. You don't get caught up in this client situation where we thought they could because I had clients retire the year before, no problem, do it. And all of a sudden this year it's changed. So it's just something that you guys need to be aware of. Now I'm going to keep fighting for this client. I've already contacted Viba and the union, and we're going to see if we can get them to reverse the decision because it really makes no sense why you would not offer a Viba benefit to your employee because it has such large tax advantages and it doesn't cost the employer anything. So I'll keep you guys updated on that part. Now let's get on with today's episode. So now all of you guys have your state pension plans, which are great, but they were not designed to replace your income in the future in full, and neither was Social Security. So that's why your school district has actually sponsored a few different other programs for you to be able to save into for your future. And it's a really good idea to do so, so you can have the flexibility that you want in your retirement, and you don't have to work till age 62 or 65. And if you wanted to retire earlier, or you need a lot of extra income in the future, you can have that money to fall back on. So to start, the employer-sponsored options you're gonna have available to you are the state's DCP plan, as well as a 457 plan. And those are just private versions that are just like the DCP. And then you have your 403B, sometimes known as a TSA account, available to you as well. 
Those three different types of accounts are employer sponsored, which means they can run through your payroll. So you set it up one time and say how much you're going to do per month. And then going forward, every single month, you're going to have a certain amount of money get put into those retirement accounts for you. So it's kind of outside out of mind, just automatic systematic savings. So all those accounts are going to be done on a pre-tax basis. Unless you're lucky enough to live in a school district that offers a Roth 43 plan, then you can have that go in as an after-tax contribution. And it works just like a Roth IRA where you're paying tax on that money now. So the benefits you have if you use a Roth 43B over say like a Roth IRA is that there's no income restriction. So it doesn't matter how much money you can make, you can always use it. Also, it allows you to put up to three times more money in this plan than a Roth IRA would. So you can really catch up or supercharge your tax retirement savings by using this Roth 43 plan. But remember, it's only available in select school districts. So you're gonna have to double check with your payroll department if that's an option. And if it's not, just ask them if they could potentially open it up to be an option. I've helped countless districts actually do it myself. And it's usually not a very hard process. A lot of times it's just that they don't know it's an option or they don't wanna take the steps to actually do it. In fact, it's a one page form. It's usually just a box checked, a couple of signatures. It's actually a lot easier than most districts make it out to be. Anyways, so those are the different employer-sponsored options you have available to you. So all those employer-sponsored plans I just mentioned are open enrollment. So you can start one anytime you want to, and you can stop putting money in any given month. You can also increase or decrease what goes in on a month-to-month -month basis. So it's very flexible. And if you can only afford, say, $50 a month, then do it. A small step forward is still a step forward, and it's better than standing still. And by the end of the year, you're gonna have $600 that you would have put into the plan, and it's just gonna snowball over time. And as you have more cash flow available, you can always increase it. And if something comes up and you can't do it anymore, then turn it off. That's the beauty of flexibility. All these plans allow you to save up to a certain threshold. So it's $19,000 if you're under age 50, or up to 25,000 if you're over age 50. Also, they have no income limits, as I kind of mentioned earlier. So no matter what you make, you can always use these different employer-sponsored plans. And then as far as the investment options goes, the DCP is limited to what the state approves. It's pretty much the exact same as a Plan 3 account. So if you're on Plan 3 and you have a DCP, you're really just throwing more money in the same basket. So I typically don't recommend doing that. If you use one of the 457 from a private institution, you're going to be limited to what they have approved on their list. Sometimes they're great and they have you know, thousands of options, sometimes not so much. Sometimes you might wind up in annuity by mistake. So it's, you got to be careful when you choose what kind of company you're going to open up that plan with. And the same goes for the 403 plan. So the 403B, also known as a TSA or tax shelter annuity account, is very similar to a 401k. In order to get one of these, you actually have to open it up yourself through one of the approved vendors on your school district's website. So every school district has an approved list of what company you're allowed to use. Now on this list, there are actually two different kinds of 403Bs on there, and they're not going to be obvious. You actually have to know the companies and how each of their 43 platforms work. So there are gonna be some that are TSA or tax shelter annuities, and there are some that are traditional 43B or 43B7s if you wanna get technical with it, and they work completely different than one another. A TSA is an annuity, so the money's gonna be locked up there for quite some time. Fees are typically higher, investment options charge more than you could get elsewhere, and then they're gonna be limited to what that company selects. Oftentimes, those investment options are also the company's funds. So you buy from XYZ company, you're gonna have XYZ mutual funds to choose from. So you're not gonna get the broadest range of investment options there. If you choose to go on the traditional side, which is the side I like to stay on, it's flexible, it's not an annuity. So you choose a company and decide you don't like them, 
you can leave and there's no hard feelings, there's no penalties, just move your money somewhere else. You want to trade out investment options, they have thousands available. So that's why I like staying on that side there. Now as far as the private savings options goes, the most common one is going to be the Roth IRA, but you also have the ability to save into you know individual stocks and bonds and a brokerage account, as well as using life insurance. So Roth IRA is going to be the most common. It basically allows you to save money on an after-tax basis. It's going to grow tax-free. So if you put in $100 and that thing doubles to two or $300, you can take all that money out, completely tax-free. But as good as a Roth IRA sounds, there are some big drawbacks to them. They have income restrictions. So if you make too much, you can't use it. Fees are another big drawback to these Roth IRA accounts because a lot of these Roth IRAs that I see people have are through insurance companies or they're through some big chain brokerage firm. And what they have on the back end are fees that are usually five to 6% on a transactional basis. So what that means is I put $100 into this Roth IRA with XYZ company, they're gonna assess a 5% transaction fee on it or sales charge is the technical term behind it. So I put in $100, they charge me five, now I only have $95 in the account to start off with to be investing. So you're starting off at a negative 5%. It's not a very, very good deal in my opinion, and it takes years to break even on using this kind of plan. So if you already have a Roth IRA with some big company, you may wanna take a look at it to see what those fees actually are. The cheaper this is if you look on the investment list, it'll be whatever, whatever investment. At the end of it, you'll just see the letter A, and that's just an A share mutual fund, and all A share mutual funds are gonna have that five to 6% transaction charge on it. So just a quick tip for you there. Outside of that though, Roth IRAs are great. Just make sure you're not paying too much in fees. You can always use a brokerage account so you can buy the individual stocks and bonds and try to find the next Netflix or Amazon. If you can, good luck, tell me about it. But more often than not, that's not gonna be the best way to go about saving. Because you're putting all this money on this one specific company or a couple of dozen companies, you're gonna be subject to a greater deal of risk and your portfolio is gonna see some significant swings. Those brokerage accounts aren't for people that have low risk tolerances or a short time horizon and can't afford to ride the roller coaster out. And then you have the life insurance option, but it's not the one you're thinking about. It's not the one you currently have. In fact, this one is designed to be like a retirement account. So it's the way you structure it to make it work where it accumulates cash very fast. And in fact, Roth IRAs were based off of this kind of plan. And this plan actually allows you to grow money on a tax-free basis, pull money out on a tax-free basis anytime you want to. You don't have to wait to a certain age like you do in those other accounts. This one also has no income limitations to it, no contribution limits to it, so you can put in however much money you want to. And as far as how the money grows, it can either grow on a guaranteed basis, so you can get a guaranteed you know, four or 5% on this money every single year, so you don't have to worry about the market if you don't want to, or you can tie it to the market and get some of the gains in the market goes up and none of the losses. So it's a lot less risky from an investment standpoint to use that. Now it does have its drawbacks, it's definitely not for everybody. So it does have to be designed correctly and more often than not, I see a lot of this all the time where people go into the school districts and knock on doors and they try to sell you some kind of whole life policy and, it, and they tell you you can use it for retirement and it's a death benefit and that's not the case. It's one or the other, you can't get both. So you're designed for cash value, it has to be designed for that. So if you were sold or actually bought one of those things, chances are it wasn't designed with you in mind and it just paid out a huge commission to the advisor on the back end. The fact is if you design this correctly, the commission is very little because what drives commission is what drives the price of the policy and that's the death benefit. So when you're designing life insurance for cash value strictly, what you're doing is buying the least amount of death benefit legally possible to get all of those benefits. And at the same time, you have to put the most amount of cash into it 
because death benefit drives costs, also which drives the commission. So you're not gonna to see too many people actually design these properly because they can't afford to do it. So this is the exact way that I have my own retirement account set up. It's what I've done for my parents, as well as how I fund my kids' education. All right, so that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope that you guys learned a bit about what options you guys have available to you, the pros and cons between them, so you can have a better educational background when you go to approach these to decide which one is right for you and which ones aren't. If you guys want more education on these type of topics, make sure you head over to our website, W-A-T-R-S-P-E-R-S, that's WashingtonTursPers.com. There I have cataloged all of my videos, podcasts, and articles in one place. Plus, I have a section with free resources for you guys to download. And then I also have our investment advice service available to you guys. So if you guys want investment advice on Plan 3 or on your DCP accounts, that is available for you guys on there as well. So feel free to check that out. And until next time, remember that your future depends on what you do today. All right, before I sign off, just a real quick legal disclosure that we're required to say as licensed fiduciary advisors. So remember that this is a podcast. It is designed for educational and entertainment purposes only. I don't know you personally, therefore I cannot give you any personal advice. So please don't take anything that we say on the show as being personal, financial, legal, or tax advice. If you want that kind of stuff, make sure you seek out a professional so they can help you with the strategies and investments that are right for you. Also, please remember that despite the name of our show, we are in no way associated with Washington State or the Department of Guidance Systems or any other Washington employer. We're a private-owned firm that specializes in working with Washington State employees, which is why we know so much about this stuff. So remember, we don't work for the state in any way, shape, or form, so please don't confuse us as being an official representative of the state. All right, that's it for the legal stuff. I'll catch you guys all next time.